Greetings and welcome to the Mr. Science Show. My name is Mark West and this is our last look at the science of superheroes for a little while. So we thought we'd look at one of the big guys. Over two episodes, Dr. Boob is going to take us on a journey with Spider-Man. And in episode one, he is going to examine specifically how to manipulate Peter Parker's DNA through genetic manipulation using a virus to transport engineered DNA into his cells. It is by changing his genetic structure that we can allow Peter Parker to have his superhero abilities, which for Peter Parker and Spider-Man are largely exaggerated spider traits, as well as something called a spidey sense. Let's get straight to it. Boo, you are yes. a genetically enhanced human being. Am I correct in saying this? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. I wouldn't say enhanced. I'm a genetic being. So are you. I, I am. I have 23 pairs of chromosomes. Um, Spider-Man, on the other hand, was, mm. de- depending on which version of the, the comic slash film you watch, was bitten by a radioactive spider, I think, most recently. Um, and his genetics were changed. That's correct, yeah. Is this well, actually... In the, in the fictional world of the Spider-Man, uh, yes, his genetics were totally changed. But I don't think it actually matters which, which movie or which comic book you go to. I think the, the end result is the same in that he gets bitten by a spider and then somehow spider attributes are transferred. And uh, in the case of the movies, it's usually in some sort of feverish montage of DNA and spiders and webs and wonderful special effects. That's right. And whatever the kind of the scary science of the day is, whether that's radioactivity or uh, a genetically enhanced spider, well, it does, it, it does happen, right? There's, there's, you can transfer genes across species, can't you? You can transfer genes across species. It doesn't tend to happen by spider bite. Ah, it's not the preferred mode of, um, of, of transference. No. no, usually in if you're talking about um, cross-species genes transfer, you're using a, a virus as, a, as an intermediate. The way to get your gene of interest from you to uh, another species, or in fact another individual, you would then create a, create a virus and replace the viral DNA with the DNA containing your gene and then infect that person with that virus and this is basically what gene therapy is all about i've always found this interesting so that would only uh affect the the cells that the virus gets to right like it doesn't how can it affect every cell in your body exactly it doesn't it's a really important point especially when it comes to gene therapy uh for practical and modern medicine use but for for everything else. So, uh, yeah, every cell the virus infects would then have that new gene, but the virus has to get to every cell in the body in the case of Spider-Man, one would assume. And it just, it just doesn't work like that. So in, 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 in the, in the real life, people would use gene therapy on sperm cells or egg cells or something like that. And then is that, is that, is that the way well, it might work in humans? Yeah, so there's two ways of doing it. You either target a somatic cell, which is like a, an adult differentiated cell, or targeting the germline. And that's that's got some more issues, ethical issues associated if you go with the germline because you're not affecting the individual's 
quality of life or anything like that, you're actually affecting their future offspring. And so the aim would be to correct your gene that was defective in your offspring and, and down the line, whereas you actually don't get any benefit from that at all. But there are a treatment plans, I think, where you would, um, say, for example, take white blood cells from the body, infect them with the virus, and then re-inject them into the, into the body, and they, their genetic makeup will have been changed, but it's not going to progress you know, to the offspring. When we make you know, glow-in-the-dark spiders and rats with ears on their back and that sort of thing, <laughs> is, what, how do they do that? Uh, well, that's that's a, a much more of a, a germline issue. So you would take a, an egg or a sperm, uh, usually in the case of mice, it's eggs, or even a cell out of the embryo. Um, you know, in early stage embryos where there's only, you know, a finite number of cells, you can introduce your gene at that stage and then you might get a sort of a mottled effect and from that, you uh, you can then breed a completely functional green glow in the dark mice mouse. Have I lost you there? Did did you get that? No, no I'm with you. I'm with you. So for okay. Spider Man, yes. either either we we target the cells responsible for his um, particular abilities, and some of them like his reflexes and whatever. I'm not. I don't, I don't know if there's a gene sequence for reflexes. Um, <laughs> uh, there might be, or we get. Spider-Man's mum and dad, basically, and infect their, their sperms and eggs. Is this, is this yes. the go? Well, you wouldn't need to do both. I think you could get away with just mum or, or dad. Yep. And that's, that's um, pretty much what happened with the Hulk. It was his dad who introduced some genetic material to himself, and, and lo and behold, his son becomes the Hulk. So certainly there's a precedent for that in, in comic books. Oh, so the Hulk is more scientifically accurate. Than Spider-Man. Is this what we're saying? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is this the official word from Dr. Boob? Uh, Dr. Boob is not going to be held to anything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it's more likely to change your offspring's genetic material through affecting your own DNA content than it is for a spider bite. Okay. So Unless I... the spider bit you in your reproductives <laughs> or bit your... and then the spider was also carrying a virus which had yes yeah, which had the integrative properties yeah. and then yeah or bit your dad in the reproductives well yes yes that's what i mean yeah but in this case uh we've got yeah spider-man being created simply by being bitten by a spider it's, it's to his specific powers. Mm. Mm. Is are there any of these powers that could be brought across using uh, genetic transfer? Do you think? All right. So well, let's let's talk briefly about his his powers. As you said before, like reflexes and you know, the standard superhuman strength, a ill-defined sixth sense, which is known as a spidey sense, which I think is quite entertaining. That's right. He's got um, spidey sense, doesn't he? Yes. Yes. Uh, so he's got the usual sort of speed and agility and, and balance and equilibrium kind of stuff. But I think the main things we need to talk about is his ability to cling to walls and hang on upside down and 
And of course, his ability to generate spider silk. So the real spider webs and stuff. Yeah, the, the spider stuff that he's got. Yeah. So he, these the 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 silken webs and whatnot come out of his fingers. Well, his wrists. His uh, ah, of course, yes. Although this is a this is an interesting sort of side effect is um, in the movie, the most recent movie with uh, Andrew Garfield as Spider Man. It was coming out of his neck, oh, right. spi- spider silk, uh, not out of his wrists. And this is more in line with the, the comic books, I think, um, in that the, he flicks his wrist and it's a, it's a gadget, it's an invention of his own which shoots out the web. So it's not coming straight out of his body at the time he's shooting it. Whereas I think with the Tobey Maguire movies, it was more like that. Yeah, I got the impression that it was just coming out of his arms. I mean, coming out of his wrist. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, which is not really how spider webs work. How do spider so, webs? How do they work? So any sort of spider silk is is a liquid form originally, and it needs to be. It goes through a process called pultrusion. Pultrusion. So, that sounds like a, a made up word. It's oh, pretty I much. Need to pull this. So, I'm call it pultrusion. Anyway, sorry, keep going. So we've got extrusion, which is that where something squeezed out like a like a sweat gland will push out sweat onto your skin, and that's that's extrusion. It's kind of squeezing it out. Whereas pultrusion, it's being pulled out. And so with each uh, silk gland in the spider, it's got these little kind of spinneret apparatus or their arms that are basically pulling it out, and it's it's a liquid which then as it's being pulled out becomes this really strong, fibrous kind of silk. Understand that we might we might do part two, which talks mm. more about all of the material science and, and whatnot of all this this good stuff. So I should steer you back to the gene uh, <laughs> therapy. Well, yeah, we're all over the place, aren't we? We're all, that's all right. This is this is this is what um, this is what Doctor Boob fans have come to expect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Anyway, uh, well, let's let's carry on. Let's go back to the the gene therapy and see how we go. All right. Well, actually, there's been a lot of problems with gene therapy, um, and the initial clinical trials of it as a therapy failed badly with uh, quite a few fatalities, unfortunately. But uh, recently, there's been some more promising studies, and there is actually now one therapy approved for clinical use in Europe, which is gene therapy, and that's called Glibera. And um, so gene therapy is only really useful at this stage for treating single gene diseases, things like cystic fibrosis or some muscular dystrophies or sickle cell anemia, where you've got one mutation in one gene causing the disease. Basically, this glibera uh, is developed to treat lipoprotein lipase deficiency, which is a particular gene, and the effect of it is to cause severe pancreatitis. 
And so what they've done is using the adeno-associated virus serotype 1, or AAV1. That's a virus, and they can use that to deliver an intact copy of the lipoprotein lipase gene. And so you do that, and then by measuring the fat concentrations in the blood, uh, they're able to measure how much you know, this gene is working. So it kind of swap, and it swaps it in, does it, somehow? So it adds in a functional copy. Right. It, so your defective copy is still there, but oh, you now right. have a functional copy as well. So so, just tax it on the end or tax it, puts it somewhere in there? Well, so with the AAV viral vector, it just sticks it into your genome anywhere at random. So that's one of the, well, actually, I'm not sure with this particular um, approved treatment, but a lot of the problems with gene therapy were that they would integrate into your genome at random. And so if it happened to break into a tumor suppressor gene, then your chances of developing cancer would grow up a, a lot. So yeah, be that's one of the drawbacks. Yeah. yeah, but now they're, they're developing ways to target the integration site so you know exactly where it's going to go in. And that's one of the more promising avenues for gene therapy. So if you can control where it goes in, where the breakpoint in your DNA is, you've got much better control of the outcome. Yeah. And that's, um, so to make Spider-Man, this is what we'd need to do, identify the specific attribute that we're, we're looking at and, and do yeah. that. And in the, into those cells that, that have it. So we could make, uh, make some cells into spider silk generating cells in any particular clump on his body, and that might work well. That's right. It, it, could, it could be anywhere on him, and then if he had a contraption that... Um, yeah, yeah, he could milk himself, and, uh, yeah, be good to go. Be good to go. I'm, I'm going to give that a, you know, that's a definite 8 out of 10 possibility. Well, I, mean, I think you'd probably want to use part of the body that's already going to be you know, easily changed into into that so you know one of your glands say let's say a salivary gland yep and what just introduce that? your spider silk gene into there and it'll start making a lot of spider silk protein instead i would have thought you know something close to your heart would be in the mammary glands that's true i mean he's not using them he's not using them in fact yeah that's a very good idea because the storage men facility have exactly the same machinery that that women do and so if you give men the right uh, hormones, they can actually lactate themselves. So let's just you know, skip that part for the moment and say let's just give him some spider silk things and maybe the right hormones required and he'll be, he'll be good to go. He's good to go. This sounds, yeah. it sounds like we could almost do it tomorrow. Are you signing up? Uh, no. But um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have the body for it. Sure. I think we're going to have to work on our um, mechanism for making the, the silk come out into into the fibre, the actual you know, uh, part of the the spider which which pultrudes the uh, the silk and makes it into. So we we need to come up with a gadget there, which is actually what Spider Man does. He comes up with his own gadgets for for making it. So the the Pultronic two thousand or something. Yes, strap one of them to your wrists and your uh, <laughs> pressurised cartridges of spider silk and that you've milked from your own mammary gland and good to go. You'd have that feeling of 
of just accomplishing something, wouldn't you? I did this yep. all from my own body liquids. Yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure where I what, what, At what point, when you're standing on the local rooftop about to shoot one of these things off, would you go, I wonder if it's going to work? Yeah, that's right. You want to you do a lot of testing here, I think. Hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't start on top of a 10-story building, I'll put it that way. Well, that's all the time we have in this week's edition of the Mr. Science Show, the podcast where science meets pop culture. And as always, a big thanks to Dr. Boob. If you'd like any more information on this episode or any other episode, get over to the website at www.mrscienceshow.com. And from there, you can find us on various social media. We'll see you very soon for episode two on Spider-Man, in which we're going to look at the material science that goes into spider webs. Hope you'll join us for that. See you then.